Hello, and welcome back to The Ring. I, of course, am your host, the one and only B.O.B., and with me this week, a special new guest host. He is a fantasy author, a professional wrestler for UWA Elite, and a puppeteer and podcaster extraordinaire. Welcome, welcome, don't call him K-Dog, medium daddy cool, Kevin J. Kessler. How are you? Hey, Bob, how you doing? That, that was a great intro. I've never quite been introduced like that before. That's uh, <laughs> And yes, don't call me K-Dog. When, yes. when I was a teenager and I was a big WCW fan, I had an illogical hatred of Conan, who I now <laughs> love, by the way. But when yeah. I was a wee mark, I, disp- I hated Conan. Yeah. I could I, I could get that the the whole shit throwing the shoe at people never got never went over with me but that I didn't really see him till TNA because I didn't watch I was a lapsed fan from right after uh, Saturday the Saturday morning show on NBC got cut until mm-hmm. 2015 pretty much I mean off and on I got in with some people who were into it and I would watch with them but I didn't start watching regularly till 2015 again. You know, when when guys would come to the ring and they would have like a regular spiel that they did, I would enjoy it up to like the moment that I didn't enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. And like it's same thing with whether it was Conan with the Orale, Arriba la Raza, yeah, yeah, or whether yeah. it was Road Dog with the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Like there just comes a point where I'm like, I don't want to hear this anymore. Like, how is this entertaining when you do it every week verbatim? Yeah. Uh, but you know, people spoke along with it, so I guess it was over. What do I know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the road dog thing. I guess it still pops me, but then again, I didn't watch it week after week after week like a lot of people right. did. So, um, well, for me, the road dog thing lasted until they turned heel. Yeah, when they turned heel and they were still doing the sing along, I was like, "Oh, come on, guys!" Yeah, you can't. I, I've never liked that when the the you know when you change heel, but you're still going to do the stuff that made you pop as a baby face. Like you got. Right, and you're going to get more over as a heel if you tease that you're going to do the thing that they all want to speak along with, and then you don't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the best things when uh, uh, Daniel Bryan turned heel and stopped doing the yes stuff and started like yes. like admonishing people for doing it and calling them fickle and that that whole thing <laughs> it was just a brilliant heel run. So. It really was. I mean, his, his recent heel run was also brilliant. It's a shame that's over now. But yeah. Sorry, I need to silence my computer because otherwise we're going to hear stuff. All right, cool. <laughs> that, that's fine. That is what it is. All right. Um, so getting down to it, uh, what we're doing tonight is we're doing our WrestleMania preview. Um this uh, segment used to be called Check Your Temp, but uh, that that belonged to another another podcaster that has his own podcast now, so we're not going to call it that. It's called uh, the WrestleMania Preview. Uh, we're going to go through each match, kind of give a little idea about how excited we are or not for it, and uh, then you know give our predictions, maybe talk a little bit about what would make it good or make it not so good, and maybe booking afterwards to to flesh out the story, but. Um, so are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to live, Bob. Sweet, sweet. We're going to start with night one. Now, I have no idea if these are on night one or not. This is just the list that a friend of mine's. I'm in a uh, a predictions fantasy league. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is what he sent me for night one and two so that I could give my predictions for who would win and lose and, and points. And this is our... I've got it open as well, so if it doesn't match up, I'll let you know. All right, so night one... 
Uh, let's start New Day versus uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland. I mean, this was supposed to be a six a six man. It was supposed to get, uh, you know, um, uh, good old Butch on WrestleMania, which yeah. I was happy about. But then we all saw what happened with Big E. Hope he, hope he gets better soon. I mean, that's one of the most horrifying things for a wrestler to... And, and for him, like, apparently he was so close to being paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's what I heard. It, it it really sucks because Big E's such a good talent, and I mean his future's completely unknown now. Right, and you know, then then that leaves you know Kofi. Well, Kofi's going to always be Kofi. He's always going to be popular, but that really does leave Xavier Woods like hanging out in the breeze with mm-hmm. you know, unless he sticks with Kofi. Which how much longer can they do that? Without I've never Big understood e. how Xavier Woods is the one is the one of the three that that has not made it big yet because the dude is so charismatic. He he's so just. I mean, like he he's a ball of charisma, and he's so talented. Like yeah. not just in the ring, but like the trombone and like I don't know, maybe because he's a geek for a lot of the same things I'm a geek for. So you know, and I really like his his web show, the Up Up Down Down. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. Honestly, I think that might play into it because I don't think Vince understands that, if that makes any sense. He understands he's funny and he understands he's charismatic and he's, you know, Vince doesn't really care. As long as you're passable in the ring, that's all Vince really cares about anyway. He's never been a, you know, is. Uh, I don't understand. He's got that slidey trombone. I yeah. slidey trumpet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't, you know, I mean, that's, and that that goes all the way back into the 80s. You know, Hogan was never a world beater as far as wrestling moves concerned, but as long as he can get the audience into it and sell tickets and sell merchandise. You know what, Bob? And there, and there you have the key right there. It's, and this is the thing that I scream about all the time is that, you could be the greatest wrestler in the world, all right? But if you don't draw money, you are a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like yeah. that, that, that's the bottom line of it is, you know, we call it the business. And it's not just being like to walk around your friends and be like, well, I think the state of the business is no, it's like it's an actual business. Yep. So, you know, you, ha- you have to you have to draw money. If you don't mm-hmm. draw money, what good are you? Exactly. And I don't, I think that's where Vince sees Xavier and says, well, this guy's never going to put asses in seats. He's a mid card guy at best, which is, I'm fine with that though, because people, the mid card needs top people, especially right now, because they have done nothing with their mid card in Mm. like over, over a year and a half. Like it's been forever since we had a mid card feud that actually meant something or people gave a shit about. And right. uh, I think that's kind of where this comes in with the New Day and, and Sheamus and Ridge Holland is it's a tag team match. There's, you know, you've got the big E part of it and it was supposed to be a six man. That would have been, you know, the New Day coming together again at WrestleMania, get um, Pete Dunne or Butch, whatever his name mm-hmm. is now, over. Now I think it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's a little bit of a popcorn fart. I'm sure it'll be a good match because Sheamus and New Day are are good workers. I don't really like Ridge Holland. I didn't like him. I thought he was too green in NXT. And then they brought him up and I was like, this dude, like, no. like I've got such a soft spot for Sheamus. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he's a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, one, he was rock steady in in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which yeah. the movie was terrible, but you know what? It was Seamus, and I was happy about it. The second is my my friend and I came up with this like convoluted backstory as to how Seamus came into existence. Uh huh. If you would indulge me, mm-hmm. so you know, Triple H 
his body was getting older and more beat up and, you know, he needed to continue to dominate forever. So he had to create a male heir since all he's having are daughters <laughs> that he could transfer his essence into. Okay. So he tries to create a clone using McMahon Helmsley DNA, but he put in too much McMahon Irish DNA and it came out ginger. <laughs> He was like, no, I'm going to call you Seamus because you shame us. <laughs> like his Frankenstein monster, Seamus was set loose upon the oh, unsuspecting world. It, unlike, and unlike the rest of the big mans, he cannot tan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, laboratory yeah. act. It's, I'm convinced that Vince has like a Dr. Frankenstein laboratory underneath <laughs> Tight, uh, underneath Titan Tower, like how else do you explain Snitsky? Yeah, being created, like the, <laughs> the 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 body of an enormous jacked man and the head of a midget, like mm -hmm. that's like Vince's dream. He had to construct him in a laboratory. <laughs> but well, I've I've always I I mean I like Seamus all the way going back to Seamus five fifteen, although I hated mm -hmm. him because he was a heel and I was a huge Roman fan at the time. Right. But um, uh, then pairing up with Cesaro in the bar which was just fantastic. One of the best made up tag teams in a long time. Yeah. And, that was uh, an epitome of like, we took two guys and slapped them together and it's, and, and it worked. It, it got over man. And it got over so well that they feuded with everybody held onto the belts multiple times. It was were believable as a tag team. You know, I kept waiting for them to actually get the Dragon Ball fusion dance right and actually fuse into some very strong, very pale man. <laughs> so uh, and then during COVID, Seamus was one of the uh, one of the top stars during the COVID era when there was nobody yeah. in those uh, uh, in there even before the Thunderdome and in the Thunderdome era. Like he mm -hmm. was he was just killing it. Him and Drew McIntyre were absolute well, that world was, that apparently was the that apparently was the european indie match for a long time before they both made it big oh but yeah i heard the two of them like in the on the uk indies like they were the big feud that everybody wanted to book that was the uh um i'm trying to think about it that was like the the jay lethal uh sanjay dat of that time i got you i got you oh well that's cool i did i did not know that um yeah. So, well, that, that would be why they would, why they have, well, they have a ton of chemistry together anyway, you know, just knowing each other that yeah. long, you're going to have some kind of chemistry. I mean, that's what I heard. I wasn't there. So, but that's what I hear around the grapevine. Through, through the people, the people. Through the people. Yeah. Uh, so who do we think wins this? Gosh, I got to think, especially if it's going to kick things, because I could see this kicking things off. I mean. Uh, if it doesn't get moved on to the pre-show, I would say the New Day takes it. Really? See, I th yeah, I think Big E just went down with an injury. It's a feel-good moment. You couldn't even have Big E there in his neck brace to celebrate at the end. Mm -hmm. I, I would put, I put it on the New Day. Unless, you know, you have like a Butch run-in and, and numbers game because Big E's not there. And, you know, then Sheamus and Ridge Holland win it. Yeah, I think it might be... See, I've got Sheamus and Ridge winning it because I think this continues their storyline past Mania. You see what I'm saying? Because Ridge, because yeah. now with with we, if you got if you put Ridge and Pete together, because Pete's enough of a veteran that he can use Ridge. Ridge becomes the uh, the hot tag, the big guy that comes in and destroys everybody. Pete can be beat up for a while. Sheamus can go on to a, uh, a mid card singles run. But they can all stay together 
and, and help each faces? other cheat. No, they're all heels. So that well, was then more... they're not, it doesn't matter to get the the hot tag because the heels don't well, get the hot tag. But you know what I mean. You you know you know they can work over Pete and Pete can come. Pete can go over and tag Ridge and then Ridge is the beast and he's the one who overcomes the baby face at the beginning of the match to give the heels the the advantage. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think they have to win in order to keep going with it. I, but I, I do see where you're coming from with that. But, um, so I don't know. I, I'm not super stoked about it, but we'll see. I'm just excited to see what, what the new day is going to be wearing because they always wear something cool for WrestleMania. That is true. That is true. The final fantasy, um, and the dragon ball Z were my favorite. Yes ones especially the, the two that i was thinking of. yeah the, i can't wait to see what they're gonna pull out the dragon ball z where they came out of the giant box of cereal i mean that all i know all of that's gaga but it got me it's gaga that got it got over with me it got over i with mean this i love when people have special entrances and gear for wrestlemania i love when ray does it i love when the new day does it i love when the undertaker did it mm-hmm. the undertaker always had something cool for wrestlemania so uh, you know the one thing the undertaker never got to do at wrestlemania that i was always just waiting for what was, was i was like they gotta figure out how to give him like the ghost rider motorcycle where like he, he rides the motorcycle down and the fire comes out everywhere like oh that would have been cool never yeah got that. i'd see i'm i was a little upset that we never got um a reappearance of the american badass at uh, at uh, wrestlemania when we knew his time was winding down you know? I mean, I would, I would make the argument that the American badass fought AJ Styles in his last match. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's true, but I don't really consider that a match. That was a movie that was presented as a match. It wasn't, you know, an right. in-ring match. But uh, just just to have him, you know, you know, somebody's sitting down there in the ring, and maybe well, we'll get into this later. But somebody's down in the ring, and then you're dead man walking, and here mm-hmm. he comes with his motorcycle and all the way. To, I I think it would have been a cool nod to that part of that character that we didn't you know get the time in his life when he was the happiest yeah well he didn't have to gimmick up you know well yeah he pretty much be himself i always i always like to think the undertaker like rolled his eyes through a lot of the things he had to do because he had to do some outrageous things oh that's true he had to wrestle an ape man (laughs) you know he he had to he had the whole crazy backstory with kane he had the thing where where paul Heyman stole the urn and controlled him. Like it was great. Oh, I oh, love yeah. it. I will. Uh, yeah. We just recently did uh survivor series 96 and that's the one where he comes down from the ceiling with the bat wings <laughs> and you can just see Mark in there. Just like, this is so Rolling his eyes. like, this is so bad. This does not look Damn good, it. you know? And he's like, it takes, you know, it takes forever to get out of those harnesses and whatnot. Have you ever heard the story of how like Vince first called him to like, come be the undertaker? I can't. Thought, yeah, because he thought he was going to be the Eggman. No, he so so he told it on a on one of the documentaries. It might have been the Undertaker. It's my yard. Apparently, like his phone rings and he answers the phone, and it's just the other side, just somebody going, "Is the Undertaker there?" And he's like, "What the hell?" And he like hangs up the phone. <laughs> And the phone rings again, and he picks it up again. He's like, hello? And he, is the Undertaker there? And he's like, man, there ain't no Undertaker here. And he's like, there will be. <laughs> and that's how it all started. Oh, oh gosh. So anyway. That's also the documentary where he's talking about the Inferno match. He's like, Vince is like, we're going to take the ring, and we're going to light it on fire. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, God. So, moving on. 
uh, mm-hmm. to the, our next match. Uh, Drew versus Corbin. Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. Okay. I, myself, am... I th- This match could get moved to the pre-show. I wouldn't care. Not because I don't no. like McIntyre. And not because I don't think Corbin is talented. I do. I think he's... But he's... He he's a jobber. I mean, essentially, all he does is lose. So I, I don't understand what he like. Why? How he always has something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many talented guys like just kind of get sidelined because creative has nothing for them, but they've always got something for this goof. I don't know. I, I, don't I just know. I, I don't get it. I and and the happy happy the name changed to ha- i'm like i refuse i refuse to partake in this no he, he's still baron corbin as far as i'm concerned he's always going to just be baron corbin and that's ha- kind of how it is but uh i think drew goes over big pop for drew corbin yeah. slinks to the back and does corbin stuff for another six months <laughs> well, i mean look let's face it drew mcintyre deserves a nice win here because that dude got the raw end of the deal when it came to getting his WrestleMania moment. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, he beats he beat Brock Lesnar in half like half a match mm-hmm. in the main event of WrestleMania with no people. I mean, it was sad. Yep. And then he never got to wrestle as champion in front of people. And that's what the and that's the biggest thing about Drew is he feeds off of that charisma, whether you know mm-hmm. he wants to admit it or anybody else wants to. That's what makes him who he is is that connection to the fans and they're cheering for him. Uh, Cause I was at day one and when uh, Drew and uh, uh, Madcap, whatever his Moss were, uh, were in the ring, like the place was going ape shit for Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, they were popping left and right. Everything he did, they cheered. What's it, there not to pop for at the end of the know, day? I mean, yeah. He, he's an athlete. He looks like a man. Like, you know, he comes out there and looks like he is just a Scotsman that will fight you to death. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he is he's everything you want a professional wrestler to be. He has the look. He can talk. He can work. That kick is is devastating. I, there's nothing wrong about Drew McIntyre. No, I don't think so at all. I think the only reason the only thing I the only reason I got down on Drew is because during COVID he became boring because there were no fucking there were no fans. You know, I think that was the only thing that really put a damper on him in my eyes was, you know, there's nobody to pop for him. And when there's nobody to pop, it's not as exciting. He can't work a style like um, like Charlotte and Rhea did at that WrestleMania match that doesn't need a crowd because it's hard hitting and technical. And you you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Drew goes over. I think that's it for that one. Moving on. Next match, uh, the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul. Thoughts? Uh, so I'm really interested in this one. You know, one, I want to see what Ray's going to wear. Um, I, Dominic Guerrero, because that's what I call him, because as we all know, according to WWE canon, he's Eddie Guerrero's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic Guerrero doesn't do it for me yet. I mean, he's still... I, Dominic needed time in nxt i think and and he still he, does he, i think he still he does got, he got right to the main roster and look his father's one of the greatest of all time to ever do it and overcame a lot of obstacles that would normally sideline any wrestler his mm-hmm. size 
you know, um, his, his, the fact that he's so injury prone, his knee that explodes every six months mm-hmm. and, and he became one of the greatest of all time, Dominic. So well, even, I, you, Dominic, I hate to interject here for a second, but even Ray's promos, he was never a great promo. I mean, he, no. you know, it's always pretty much the same promo just yeah. insert whoever he's feuding with but well and he, he's got that like munchkin land voice yeah. like you, you know like so but dominic always looks lost out there and mm-hmm. i'm not saying that he doesn't know what he's doing in the ring i'm saying he just has a blank face and not for nothing you have a father who has made a career out of wearing a mask when the boy had his first match they should have made an entire thing of putting a new mask on his face yeah well i think if he had a mask i'd like him infinitely more I think that that's part of it. I think he's, and, and uh, Cordette says this all the time, green isn't a, a length of time. Green is an attitude. And mm-hmm. I think that that's where he is right now. I think he's, he's, he's way up. He's in a league he doesn't need to be in. If he dropped down to NXT and worked there for a year, like just worked in NXT as, as, as a, yeah. a you know regular mid-card guy in NXT, have him chasing the North American Championship, mm-hmm. and then they brought him up. He would have so much, he'd have so much more, um, he'd be so much more used to being in the ring in front of people on a weekly basis. I mean, he's, he is now, but it's a lot different in WWE with those huge arenas than it is in the, the performance center or NXT or whatever you want, whatever they're calling it now. Um, He, he should have like, like after they did the initial, like feud with Brock that got him into the WWE. There should have been a promo where Ray was like, look, you're going to be the best. You're going to take this comp- this world by storm, but you know, you got to earn your stripes, kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you got to go down and he should have had to go to NXT and work his way up to the main roster. And I think a lot of people would have kind of respected that a lot more. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, look like the rock's daughter is in, is training at the performance center right now. They didn't throw her right, right into the wolves. Charlotte had to go through NXT. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Dominic is the only one that didn't have to go through NXT. The only other person to come into the company from outside and not have to go through NXT is AJ Styles. Well, he's AJ Styles. I know, but that's I'm saying Dominic is not AJ yeah. Styles. Yes, you know? 100%. So, so Dominic should have gone through NXT. It would have done him a world of good. I mean, hell, even if Dominic and Ray went down to NXT to work as a tag team, that wouldn't be bad either. You'd, it would put yeah. eyes on NXT. It would give the yeah. tag teams in NXT a veteran guy to work with while he's training his son, while Dominic's getting experience. And you so. know something? That's the thing that a lot of people like have been heating on about. Like they just put the belt on uh, Dolph. And like, you know, I was working for a company at one point in time where we had kind of like a farm, like a farm show as well, where the students yeah. all like started out. And occasionally I would work there or one of the other like, like more experienced guys than me would go work there because you need, they, they can't just work each other. Yeah. The students can't just work each other. They have to work guys that have been there that can, because when you get in there, like my mentor is a guy named Johnny Thunder. All right. Yeah. The first time I got in the ring with him and like, I had this epiphany because he explained things so well. And he explained things to me that I still explain to guys today. And it's like this light bulb went off and I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And that's what you get by working with somebody that has that kind of experience. Oh, yeah. Well, if you've got a bunch of guys that don't know nothing wrestling each other, they're never going to learn anything because there's no experience. There's no knowledge there to learn from. They're just 
doing going going through the motions doing what they know how to do it takes something i, I guess i'm speaking to your point here is that it takes yeah. somebody from outside somebody that they they haven't worked with who knows what they're doing to teach them something that they've never thought of before to look at something mm-hmm. in a different way so i can certainly see that um yeah. and i love Dolph having the nxt belt i'm sad that they're going to take him back off of him to put it back on breaker but i have a feeling that's going to happen <laughs> It but, is probably going to happen, and it probably should happen. But you know what? It it got some, it it gave Dolph a shot in the butt that he needed, and mm-hmm. it, it, it you know. Well, um, I just I like having Dolph, and I like having Robert Roode down there in NXT working with those guys because those are yeah. both two professional guys. They take it seriously. They take everything else seriously, and I think that that's you know a large part of what a lot of people probably even in NXT need is somebody to be like, look, you need to like. Yeah, it's not all fun and games, you know. So you know, the one the one X factor in this match that we haven't talked about is uh, Logan Paul. I think, and this is this is my prediction: is Logan Paul is going to maybe get in the ring for a minute, but he's going to bail on Miz pretty you early think- in the match. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. Miz and Miz and Dom are going to get an easy victory at WrestleMania or not Miz uh, Dom and Ray are going to get an easy victory at WrestleMania. That's... I don't think that happens. I think Logan Paul actually gets in there and works. And I think it works for Logan Paul to get in there, especially with guys the size of like Ray and Dominic, because Logan Paul is a big dude. And like, oh. you know, sometimes they have celebrities in the ring and it's like, what the heck? Like, I mean, I know this was WCW, but Jay Leno, mm-hmm. you know, putting Hulk Hogan in a bottom wrist lock. Um, you know, you've had bad bunny who is like, you know, 50 pounds soaking wet with a brick in each pocket. This guy actually looks like he can fight. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, he can fight, obviously he's in the boxing matches and whatnot. He's fought Floyd Mayweather, who was another legitimate guy uh, that, they, that they've had. Mr. T was a legitimate guy. I think that, you know, unlike other celebrities, not if you ask, not if you ask Piper. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that Mr. T. Oh, they had to take my fish shot. Um, the, the, but the, uh, um, you know, he was an athlete is the yeah. point that I'm making. Logan Paul is also an athlete. And look, I think The Miz is fantastic. I love everything The Miz does. I, I think The Miz has earned every drop of success that he's gotten. Like, yes, he got into WWE because he was a reality show star, but he had to earn everything he got once he got there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, from being ostracized, from being shut out of the locker room to... Mm-hmm. What to and I you know I've said this before I say it a million times probably the greatest intercontinental champion in maybe the past twenty years he certainly Some, oh good thing you said the last twenty years because somewhere the honky tonk man just fell over like, what the <laughs> hell I'm going on that show <laughs> but I mean but Miz is he's synonymous with that belt when I think of the intercontinental championship especially the 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 uh, the one that they had before they did the redesign that I hate. Uh, yeah, I, I think one, of Miz. What was that? The 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 one with the white strap. You mean? Yes. You know who I oddly enough think of when I think of that belt is Cody. Yeah, I can see that. He he held that belt for a while too, didn't he? Yeah. So, but that's not bad company to be in. Is being in the same company with the Miz. You know. As far I do, as... But I think I think Ray and Dominic get the win here, and I think they get the win on Miz. Yeah, definitely Miz is going to take the pin. And and again, who better for Paul to 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 learn to work with or to learn to train with or under than Miz? Because Miz, 
well, 15 years in the business, he's never, he's never, as far as I know, injured anybody. He's only been nope. injured one time. Main event at WrestleMania, a lot more than a lot of guys could say. Yeah. yeah. Beat John <laughs> Cena. Beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania as a heel. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. A lot more than a lot of guys could say. <laughs> CM Punk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, moving on. This is, this is one of the ones we might end up getting into a little bit here. Uh, Seth versus question mark. So obviously everybody thinks this is Cody Rhodes, Mm -hmm. but man, oh man, am I hoping it's not. I think it's Goldberg. Like I'm really hoping it's not. I I really, honestly, I think it's going to be Goldberg. Who better? It could be Goldberg. It could be Shane. It could be like, uh, like and because if it's not Cody, then oh man, is Meltzer gonna have egg on his face? And I love nothing more than to watch Dave Meltzer meltdown, like meltdown, because because he because he's wrong about something. I think it's and also like I forget who I was talking to about this, but they were saying you know this is WWE. They're not gonna debut somebody just to debut somebody. They're gonna make sure that it's done right and. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think just throwing Cody out there on WrestleMania without any sort of build or any sort of reason for him to be there other than he's Seth's opponent is much of a debut. Uh, right. And you know what? If he had come out on Raw on Monday, then, yeah, it would have been something to say. But like just having him debut at WrestleMania, I mean, the night after WrestleMania is kind of where you have guys debut, you know? Yeah. That's when Brock debuted. That's a lot of Goldberg debuted the night after WrestleMania when he came to WWF for the first time. Now, if they did do Cody, this is my idea of how I would do it. Seth's down there in the ring. Vince's music hits. Vince walks out. Triple H's music hits. Triple H walks out. We haven't seen him since the heart attack. They both, mm-hmm. Triple H does his like point, the NXT point, like he's pointing to somebody back to the back and then Cody's and then the, like Cody's music hits so that, you know, he's immediately, Cody is immediately seen as being part of the company, the, 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 the evil empire coming out to face Vince or coming out to face Seth. I guess is what I'm saying. But isn't Seth Rollins a heel? He is, but you know, Cody's they, definitely coming in as a baby face. Um, when but then again, in. they would. Everybody's going to cheer Triple H as soon as he comes out. So well, that that's why I don't think Triple H is coming out. Well, that's... especially not there. It's um, the heat between Triple H and Cody Rhodes is something that you know about and that I know about. And the the nine hundred or eight hundred thousand people that watch AEW know about. Very good point. Very good point. It is not something that the dad with his three kids, who spent all this money on tickets to the show, knows anything about. True. True. I did not. Most of those people, the majority of that arena, is either not gonna know who Cody Rhodes is, or is gonna be like, "Hey, is that Stardust?" Yep. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think about that. So that's what I get for living in the bubble here. <laughs> that's the thing. You got to look outside the bubble with WWE because they're not only like as much as the AEW neckbeards want to scream about Cody being the greatest thing in the world. AJ Styles, people barely knew who he was when he showed up. Mm-hmm. And and that's you true. know what? And that was AJ Styles, dude. And again, Cody Rhodes ain't AJ Styles. No. But he has been there before. And the last time he was there, he was Stardust. 
Mm-hmm. Before that, he was a mid-carder who wore a face shield. Yep. Before that, he was Randy Orton's lackey. He's not a main event guy there. And just because he was a main event guy on a show that barely scrapes a million people, that does not like a show that doesn't even do what impact could do. That would be like that would be like it in like yeah. the early 2000s, like the alpha male Monty Brown showing up on Raw and better. <laughs> And Impact was doing infinitely better numbers yeah. than 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 AEW is now. I always liked Monty Brown. <laughs> I love Monty Brown. <laughs> I'm not saying that as this. a negative. Monty <laughs> Brown is wonderful, and I would have loved it if he would have come out as a main eventer. But you know, um, but that that's that's the thing no, to yeah. the WWE audience. This is a mid card guy. Yeah, I yeah I I I see your point, and I I agree. I, and then again, that goes back to. But my saying Goldberg would be the perfect person because as soon as the music hits, the chants are going to start because everybody right. knows and Goldberg. Everybody remembers Goldberg. And Seth putting Goldberg down in a five-minute match would be... Let me tell you something. I would love if it's Goldberg for two for three reasons. One, the pop will be excellent. Two, um, <clears throat> yeah, I love Goldberg. And mm-hmm. three, the internet would be... Burn. Oh my God, Oldberg, Oldberg. Meanwhile, Sting's diving off of fucking uh, bridges Bobby onto needs. tables. So, Sting needs to stop doing new jack spots. Like, come on, man, I don't want to watch you die. Sting needs to stop doing spots. Period. Because he's, you know, like he's old and he's only got so many bumps left on his bump card. And when that's over, it's over, and it's not going to yep, end I mean, well. Yeah, I mean, not to get it into an AEW. Yeah, I don't want to get in. I wasn't trying to get into it with about that. I'm just poor Sting. Yeah, no. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, to the average WWE fan, right? Mm -hmm. Cody coming out to face Seth is the equivalent of us being like, and, and, you know, the opponent is Carlito. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's a letdown to a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Yep. Yep. I agree. you know, so. yes, he had a reality show. Yes, he's Dusty's son, but Goldust would be a bigger get. Mm-hmm. Because Goldust at least flirted with the main event for a while. Yep, and it was a huge name, and was more. It was known by more people when more people were watching wrestling. So, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, still on night one. Uh, Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, good old Boogs. For the I don't SmackDown care. tag titles. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. Usos win. <laughs> yeah, keep it on. Keep it on the Usos. Keep the bloodline strong. They don't need to lose, and they certainly don't need to lose to a put together tag team with a goof who plays guitar and a guy who shakes a lot. And the I like this, the fact that this is on WrestleMania and the Intercontinental and U.S. titles aren't annoys me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the they haven't done anything with those two titles in so long. They don't mean anything anyway. Right. I I even forget sometimes <clears throat> who has those titles, you know? Like Finn has the US title and who's the Intercontinental Champion? Um Ricochet. Yeah. So, well you can keep Ricochet off and off of WrestleMania for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that guy, like he's he's great. He's super athletic, but he gets the crap beat out of him for half the match and then suddenly pops up and he's doing all of his flippy shit 
like he hadn't had his weight leg worked on for 20 minutes and it just it annoys the crap out of me it's like the whole point of working a body part or working or injuring or whatever a part of the body is for it to come for it to circle back around at some point in the match when you're going to do something and then you can't do it because oh his knee buckled on him or oh he doesn't have the strength in his arms to be able to put this hold in or something like that if you're just working a body part to make it part of the match it doesn't and then it never it never pays off in any way it, it, it to me as the viewer i'm like oh, why the fuck did they even do that you know yep i mean that's that's just modern wrestling so <clears throat> anyway okay well yeah usos win there we go uh becky lynch versus bianca belair for the raw women's title do you want my heart's pick here or do you want my brain's pick here let me get both which who, one? Who did? Who does your heart want to win, and who does your brain think's going to win? My heart wants Becky Lynch because she's doing the best work in her career right now. That promo she cut two weeks ago when she sat on the chair in the middle of the ring on Raw, it was fantastic. That promo, it was one mm-hmm. of the best promos I've heard in years. Not many people can put can get the set up a chair in the middle of the ring and talk promo Mm-mm. for five minutes and, uh-uh. and keep an audience enthralled. But Becky Lynch did it. And Triple H couldn't even do that. I remember he did a, a promo like that one time and it was excruciating. Um, my brain thinks Bianca Belair just because, you know, they, they love Bianca Belair. I, mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm kind of done with Bianca in the main event. Like, I think she's great. I like her as a worker. I would have liked to have seen this be Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Well, uh, I, they, don't, I don't know why Alexa hasn't even been on I, TV after they invested all that time in her. I'd have to get Alexa to drop the fiend gimmick, though. I can't. I can't do the mind control and the the the, See, the silliness. Like, look, I I but, don't like a lot of the Gaga, but the fiend is one of the things that I absolutely love. See, I hate it. I hate the fiend. Oh, oh, I the first time it that. happened, I was because I, I didn't like Bray Wyatt before that anyway, because he never did anything but lose. So. Well, yeah, they dropped you know. the ball on him in his first run, but for some reason, like that—that's I just, it gets over with. I, I loved that character. It works. Really like, it works for yeah. that audience. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it. Uh, I'm, like I've said, on, I said this on Twitter all the time. If Bianca would just put on just once, just once, get angry and mad when she's coming to the ring and look like she's trying to kick somebody's ass instead of smiling and you know hugging babies and, and twirling her hair because it that it, because it looks so be, fake that woman should be a badass yes yes she is strong as a bear i mean and like you know and she she is like you know she is the strongest the fastest you know the est whatever that stupid thing is like she, but she doesn't have a game face and i hate no. that and that's from what it sounds like, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, that's Vince McMahon being like, yeah. you got to smile if you're oh, yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. And smile, smile more. Smile. Bring me my egg. Where's your egg? <laughs> so, so, yeah. But uh, for me, I I think Becky wins. I, I Well, I, I'm with you. I want Becky to win. And... For, for a couple of reasons. One, I want Becky to win because I love Becky. Two, I think if Becky's title reign continues, she can actually continue this feud with Bianca beyond WrestleMania. I want 
a championship versus hair match between Bianca and Becky. Oh, where, that would be awesome. Becky's where Bianca's like, I got to get, you got to give me one more shot, one more shot at that title. And Becky's like, well, what do I get out of it? If I win, what do I get? I get to keep my title. Sure. But if I win, I want your braid, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so, and then and, and they've already built up to that. So why not have that be the payoff at the next pay-per-view at backlash, you know, then, yeah, you I, know. that would be a draw for me. That w- I would, I would watch that, you know, and then, and, and it, honestly, you could go two ways out of that. You could, Becky still retains her title cuts Bianca, but now Bianca's hair's cut off and she actually has a reason to be pissed off and fucking angry and puts on that game face and, and, and changes her character up, which it needs a, it needs a, not a reboot, but it needs some tweaking anyway, because the way it's going is there's no dimension to that. You know what? Does that yes. make any sense? There's nothing there. It's just, she's Bianca Belair and she's happy and she's got a long braid, you know, mm-hmm. like, so there, she, so if you give her a reason to be angry and a reason to just, uh, or even Bianca she wins. Seems, as, this woman seems like she is a certifiable real life badass. Yeah. So, so I don't understand why they won't let her be that. Make her a badass, you know, she should be, she should be as much of a badass as Shayna Baszler was in NXT when she was, she's there. got this, she's got the size and the look to be a badass, to be like, to be like an actually attractive version of China. Yep. Not that, you know, not that attractiveness is what matters in this situation, but like, like a version of China that's like, that can work, yep. you know? I mean, yeah, she does. Rhea Ripley's got the same thing, but we'll get into her in a second. Um, so yeah, I, I want Becky to win, but I think I'm with you. I think Bianca ends up getting the title at, at Mania. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe we get the hair versus hair match after because then Becky's pissed off and she's like, I don't want your, I don't want your, I don't want the title. I want that. I want your hair. I'm coming for your hair. Go, go full, full Paul Jones on her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, at night one, this is what my friends got down as the main event, which probably will be Charlotte versus Rhonda for the SmackDown. I don't think this title. is the main event, but you don't Nope. But yeah, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> I think Becky Charlotte, and Bianca should be the main event because that's going to be the best match on the whole card. No, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. Oh, well, event. yeah. Yeah, okay. I've got, I actually, that's not on close the, to the show. Yeah, that's not even on here. I didn't want to talk. I didn't even say, well, let's talk about that one real quick before we get into Charlotte and Ronda. I figured we were, I figured we were going to close with that. Um, close night one with that because that's going to close the show. You think? You cannot put Stone Cold Steve Austin out there for a fight. His first fight in 19 years, okay? against a red hot heel in Texas and expect that crowd to be able to function for a single other thing that night. See, here was my, here's my thought on it. And you know, you can do that, which, which I, I think is probably what they're going to do, but you can also like one Kevin Owens insulted a lot of other hall of famers from Texas while he's, while he was there. Mm. So, start it. Open the show with Austin and Owens. Make it a brawl. Make it a brawl that goes everywhere in the damn stadium. So they're constantly cutting back to it in between matches, much like the old hardcore title matches were. Where it'd be like Stone Cold's in the concession stand with 
with Steve or with uh, Kevin Owens, you know, that way you've got the thread running through the whole show. And then at the end of the show, they come stumbling out of the back into back into the ring and finish in the ring. Yeah. But if this is going to be a legitimate back and forth fight, like if it's going to be anything like a match, mm-hmm. it closes, it has to close night one. Oh, there's I, no, yeah. There's no other way. I see your point. But do you want to talk about it now? Or do you want to talk about that after we talk about Charlotte and Rhonda? No, let's go ahead and talk about it now. Okay. Um, I mean, look, I would have preferred this to be a match, mm-hmm. but I guess that's not what Austin wanted to do. So, but I think by making it a KO show, you get maybe five minutes of promo beforehand. He comes out, he, he talks his talk. Austin comes out, you get a what chant, you go back and forth on the mic a little bit, and then you launch into the fight. And I think it goes about 10 minutes. I think Austin takes some bumps. I think, but I think at the end, WrestleMania night one in Texas closes out with a kick, wham, stunner, and beer bash. Yep. And because yep. I think that if Austin can do this, and it is any, because I don't want this to turn into like a Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon situation. Where oh, it's no. Not a match, no. You know, like, and I think Austin can actually get in. I, Austin's in phenomenal shape. I think he can get in there and throw hands and take bumps and do the thing. He hit his spots, hit the Fez press, you'd stomp the mud hole in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, do the do the forearm off the second run. Yeah, run through the greatest hits. Yeah, all the Austin spots. I think he can do them, and I think, I think you, you give him a taste for it again, and then next year at WrestleMania you finally do the the dream match, the only dream match left in wrestling. Which is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus John Cena. Mm. Mm. I didn't think about that. That's match. good. Yeah. Because Hogan and Austin was a dream match, but I'll, I ain't doing it. <laughs> Fuck you, you orange bastard. Should have done it when I wanted to do it in WCW in 95. <laughs> deflated football. I saw somebody call Hogan a deflated football the other day, and I about bust my gut. <laughs> I I love that Stone Cold Steve Austin is such a vengeful and vindictive bastard. Yeah, like they wanted him to work with Jeff Jarrett. Eh, eh, I ain't working with that piece of shit after what he said to me one night in Memphis twenty years ago. <laughs> and then like wouldn't work with Hogan. Like I love that he doesn't like let go of these things. Well, like that's... people people that disrespected him thirty years ago are paying the price for it today, and I love that. Well, that's the thing. That's one of the things I love about Bret Hart is he just does not give a shit. He will tell it exactly how he thinks it is, whether that's the truth or not. You know, you don't know. So here's the thing. Here, here's the difference between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. If somebody's like, "Hey, Steve, do you want to work with Hulk Hogan?" He'll be like, eh, eh, "I'm doing it." If somebody's like, it, "It's like the old meme where it's like, it's like everybody dot dot dot." Absolutely everybody, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit and Goldberg can't work. And like, he, like Austin doesn't go around running his mouth about Hogan and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> like, he just kind of just is like quiet. Like, Bret Hart has made whining an Olympic sport. I don't know. He's, I still love him. I'm sorry. Love him already. <laughs> How about you just appreciate the, the career you had and thank your fans and be grateful for the money that you have and the moments you've created and just shut up about Goldberg and Hogan and Sean and oh my God, stop. 
Like at the end of the day, that's all he gets to remember. And then like the things that Bret Hart said, he was on, so he's on Jericho's podcast one time, right? Oh God. And and he's sitting there talking and they're talking about Wembley Stadium, him and Bulldog, SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. right? And Bret, and Jericho goes, oh yeah, well, you know, Davey was so over there. Like, oh man, that entire arena. I mean, they were just like, like so over for Davey. And Bret goes, uh, you know, uh, actually, I was more over than Davy Boy in the UK, but I think they all just thought they had to cheer for him because, you know, he was the hometown guy. I'm like, just shut up, you piece of crap. Can you, can you not just give your dead brother-in-law this one thing that on one night at one show in his home country, he might have been more over than you for 10 minutes? Nope. It annoyed me so much. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) medium daddy cool is calling out Bret Hart. One more match. One more match. (laughs) No, I'm not taking his five. (laughs) Anyway. um, So (laughs) let's move on from Austin and Owens to uh, Charlotte and Ronda for the SmackDown women's title. And let me let me let me just go back to this for one second. Uh, I promise I'm gonna get off this. <laughs> I think Bret Hart is one of the greatest of all time. I really do. I just wish he would act like it. Mm. I I wish that he would have a, a just a modicum of restraint and just let me enjoy his like just enjoy his legacy and let everyone else enjoy the memories we have of him instead of just constantly talking about it's it's not fun to be bitter hmm. about something okay it's it's more fun to talk about the good times than it is to talk about the bad does that make sense yeah yeah i got you and bret hart had a lot more good times in the wrestling business than he had bad that's there you go all right moving on Continue. <laughs> charlotte versus ronda i'm not excited about this match the only thing that makes me tentatively excited about this match is that Charlotte has been working really stiff and giving hardly everybody she's been in the ring with hardly anything and making them work their ass off to get over on her. And I really want her to do that to Rhonda because I don't think Rhonda's up to that challenge. And maybe everybody will see what I've seen with Rhonda from the very beginning. She can't work. She can't talk. She's thin skinned and she doesn't belong in the wrestling business. Let me tell you something though. Charlotte Flair is not going out there on at WrestleMania to embarrass Ronda Rousey. Somebody that they that the company has now invested millions upon millions of dollars in. Mm-hmm. She is going to go out there and she is going to protect Ronda Rousey and she's going to do what she does and that's make her look like a million dollars. I don't think she's going out there to purposely expose a an asset a, a viable draw an asset as as a poor worker you know yeah. like at the end of the day who does that serve like you know bruce pritchard says it all the time like they're they're in the they're in the business of making money they're not going to go out there and do something to torpedo an asset they've they've sunk millions into mm-hmm. well that's okay I don't. I mean, I mean at the end look, of the day, look, whether she whether she's any good or not, I, I agree with you. She's she's thin skinned, you know. But I mean, she's the, the thing about Ronda Rousey is she is she's legitimate based on the fact that she's Ronda Rousey, and mm-hmm. 
She's only lost one one match in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's a legitimate star, like it or not. And but the problem is this Ronda, like again, it's the same thing with Bianca Belair. There's no game facing. Mm-hmm. Like Ronda Rousey used to look like she will fight you until you die. Yeah. She will fight you until the last breath leaves your body. I don't get that from her anymore. Now she's just another another one she's of just she's just one of the boys. Yeah. yeah. She's just one of the wrestlers now. Yeah. There's no there's no specialness to her anymore. Yeah. Um you know I mean, I, I, I get I that. Used to say that maybe Piper's uh, leather jacket was some kind of Horcrux, and Piper like 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 took over her body. I don't know because see, here's my thing: uh, not only with Ronda, and she said stuff after her first run that I didn't particularly care for, calling wrestling fake fights with her friends, which I was just like, no, you don't. Yes, that was uncalled. If you're if if you're making money doing this, then you don't get you you don't shit on it like that. Um, I agree. I agree with you. And I never forgave her for that either, but I'm just, so I'm, I'm again, thinking, thinking of it as a business because that's how I've been trained to think of it. Yeah. For me, Rhonda just, I, I mean, I guess it's just, uh, well, no, she's not good on the mic. She can't cut a promo. And that's the biggest thing with her and the association with Roddy Piper. That's always pissed me off is here. You have her wearing the colors Mm-hmm. And the gear of one of the greatest talkers of all time, and she can't put two words together to get out of a brown paper bag. Like it's just. I wonder if, like, if she wrote her own stuff, if it would be better. Because some people can't. It can't be any script. worse. It can't get much worse, <laughs> to be yeah, honest was... with you. Like, well, because like... they're they're not writing for Ronda Rousey. They're writing for this character that they're building mm-hmm. around Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And it's like you don't have to write her as a character. You you can write her as just being Ronda Rousey, being the baddest woman on the planet. She doesn't even have to talk. Yeah. Honestly, like this is, and I know for some reason Vince has got this block in his head that only Paul Heyman has managed to get around. That that managers aren't a thing anymore. But man, could Ronda Rousey ever have used a manager? Oh, that would have been perfect. Perfect. Managers, let me tell you something. Managers are so important in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a guy like an Omos or 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 Bobby Lashley, like who maybe they're not the best talker in the world, man, a manager adds just that extra layer to them because you not only get them getting over for being the heel, but you get the the overness that the manager gets too. Yep. Well, I mean that's yeah. Not to talk out of school here, but that's I'm I'm going. I'm starting in September. I'm starting school. Um here locally and i'm gonna train as a ref and a manager and that's the idea is to oh, be good is to be a manager because that's that's what i want to do glad i think that I would... you're going i'm glad that you're training for that because too many people don't train for that they just oh, want to no. just they think that there's nothing needed for it and you know like like to be a man because when i so i took a break for a while and when i came back i was a manager and then i transitioned from that back into wrestling Mm. and working as a manager is so fun and like i honestly because i'm not the biggest guy in the world yeah but i can cut a promo and i remember early in my career simon diamond uh from ecw pulled me aside and he was like listen because i cut a promo that night he was like you don't have the size to make it but Mm -hmm. If you switch to managing, 
I could see you going places. Now, mm-hmm. honestly, that probably wouldn't have happened because managers were not really a thing anymore. Yeah. But th- I wish I would have listened to him and not have been a upstart 21 year old kid who thought he knew better, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, well, there's a, I'm of course I'm in Georgia, so I'm here in the deep South in Southern wrestling territory. So mm-hmm. we still have a lot of, a pretty good amount of managers in our local, our local shows. So that also the indie, there's plenty is, of managers on the indies. A lot of them aren't worth mm-hmm. it, but you know, when you, you just, you got to study the greats, but, study Heenan, study Cornette, you know, oh yeah. like the, the, the ones like the worst thing that I always say about a manager is the worst, the worst insult you can give a manager is to call them the fifth ring post. Mm, mm, mm. The ones no. that just stand there and do nothing. Oh yeah. Like when, when man, you've got to be, You've got to be at an 11 when you're at ringside because you can get your guy even more heel heat by doing things to the crowd. Oh, yeah. Don't take away from the match, but mm-hmm. I digress. But oh, yes, yeah. Rhonda could have definitely used a manager, a hype man, somebody to like really put her over the top. You know, Dude, Even if they paired her up with Shayna and Shayna just did the talking was her lackey, that would be yeah. something. Like, because Shayna is not... A, she's not a great promo, but she's a believable promo. Yes. When she fuck when she starts telling people she's gonna kick their ass and that look she gets on her face, you believe it. You know? So mm-hmm. but, but you know, Rhonda doesn't need to talk. She just needs mm-hmm. to kick ass. Exactly. I, I mean I I see your point. I think that a lot of this run has been presentation. Uh, yeah. my personal feelings about Rhonda aside, but I think sh- Charlotte's gonna get the best match she can out of her. Because that's what Charlotte does, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think you've uh, you've swayed me. You've swayed me over <laughs> <for laughs> thinking that Charlotte's going to your your points are well taken. Um, I, I do think though that Ronda wins this. You think? Yes. I think Charlotte goes over. I think Ronda. I don't think Ronda really wants to be doing this. To be honest with you, I think she's doing you it because think, she has a contract. You know, this run might just be WrestleMania and done. And if that is the case, yeah, Charlotte will go over. But I mean, I like how mad the internet gets every time Charlotte goes over. Oh yeah, because it's always entertaining to me. Well, I mean, and the thing—the thing about it is—is is, you know, Charlotte is just phenomenal, and we, we we keep forgetting that because people get hung up in her other bullshit. But she's just she's fantastic, and she gets so much heat just by being herself. You know, just mm-hmm. being Charlotte Flair is automatic heat magnet. So. All right, on to night two. <clears throat> Sorry. Omos versus Lashley. I'm um, excited for this one because I like I like a good big man, big man match like this. And I, I'm I'm like, I think Omos is pretty cool. Like, yeah. he, he can move more than, say, like a big show mm-hmm. or a giant Gonzalez, obviously, or even an Andre. But, you know, the man is just enormous and it tells or a great colleague like it tells the story oh yeah definitely i think that honestly i think almost has been used very poorly especially lately when he's on tv every week because i think he should be on tv sparingly he should be special if you're going to have a giant the giant needs to be special you don't need to see him all the time but i agree with you 
I agree with you. Andre was an attraction. When mm-hmm. Andre showed up, it was a big deal. If you saw Andre every week, like you saw Big Show, Big Show stopped being <clears throat> a threat because everybody beat him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and almost, well, yeah, because- by the way, almost as another guy that needs like a cornet level manager mm-hmm. who could just be this little mealy mouth, like, like, like can't lift a five pound barbell and is just running his mouth while hiding behind him. It's a shame Pritchard doesn't want to bring Brother Love out of retirement because that would be perfect Brother for almost, wouldn't great it? Almost, yeah. <laughs> Brother, almost, I love you. <laughs> I just him like standing now. behind, almost screaming in that battle. It would be, it would be so. In that high pitch, like squeaky, when his voice would break, when he'd get really excited and angry, and his voice would crack. So now, do you keep almost his momentum going and have him go over on Lashley, or is Lashley the guy to put him down? I think Lashley's got to put him down because Lashley's just coming back from injury. He needs to look strong because he needs to get back in the main event picture or back and in a title over picture. Almost propels Lashley up back to the main event and a loss to almost pushes him back down. Yeah, I think so. I think almost, and I don't think a loss to Lashley is really going to hurt almost his momentum. Cause I don't think he really has any momentum. I think right. he, they've been spinning their wheels with him for weeks. So if they're going to do anything with him, I say let him lose to Lashley, take him off TV, and then the next time he comes back, he comes back almost as he did for AJ Styles. He becomes a mercenary, a, a hired hand for any undersized guy that has a a, um, a grudge with a uh, with a bigger guy. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Because that's that's the best use of him. You're, he, he's not going to be a singles competitor unless you put him with a manager, which we know Vince isn't going to do. So have him be a, a bodyguard, have him be, you know, big Bubba or, uh, or, you know, Andre towards the end of his career when he didn't really wrestle a whole lot, you know, just somebody to stand there, look big, throw a guy around, interfere in a match in his own way and go home. I I liked when he was AJ's bodyguard. I liked that. Yeah. I mean, that worked, you know, and then they made the tall tag team thing. And then I was like, no, like you're exposing him too much because he can move. But he's still not very good. He doesn't have great footwork. He's not a natural worker. So you got to see him actually get physical as little as possible and just make him a presence. And he doesn't need to talk because he can't. No, he doesn't need to talk at all. The most he should say is one one or two words like, I'm going to get you or I'll snap you in half. Like, that's right. it. You know, well, I mean, like, it's like Yoko Zuno when, yeah. when, when Yoko, when Cornette would cut the promo and Yoko would just say Banzai. Yeah, exactly. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's there. Like, I remember I went to, we went to a SmackDown taping and we were on the, uh, we were on the floor, but we were like all the way away from the, from the ring or from the ramp on the ramp side. You know what I mean? Like as far away from the ramp as you can get, but only about three or four rows back from the ring. So you can't really see the guys coming down the ramp very well, you know, but maybe this is the tip top of their head. And then big show comes down. You could see his whole like shoulders and head above all the other people standing up. And you're like, Holy shit. Like that dude just cute. You know what I mean? So If you can get that out of the people at live shows occasionally, 
you know, almost would be a great guy to work, you know, as a, as a bodyguard at live shows too, because he's, again, he's an attraction. People are going to look how big that dude is, you know? Well, that, and that's what, that was always one of the things like when you see big show live or you see Mark Henry and you realize just how enormous they are. So I was, um, uh, like, like when I would be on a show and I would meet a guy like, like Foley, like yeah. Foley would be on indie shows back in my area, back in the day. And I'd just be like, he doesn't look big on TV, but he is enormous. Mm-hmm. Like Mick Foley towered over everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you, you know, you meet a guy like Bradshaw or a guy like, like Ron Simmons and, and, you know, or test or like any of these guys who like, they would come in the locker room and they like, they were enormous. Even Sergeant Slaughter was enormous. Oh yeah. So, and for almost to tower over those guys, I mean, that's, that's an attraction. Oh yeah. You know who, what was funny, who was way shorter than I thought he would be. And I don't know why I thought this because he was never a big guy, but Ricky Steamboat, when I met him, I was like, (laughs) like, you're not much taller than me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but Steamboat, the Steamboat had something completely, he didn't need size. He was right. Steamboat, Steamboat was just like like built to perfection like you know yeah. like he, he he was just like in such amazing shape perfectly um, proportioned dude who could yeah. move uh just extremely athletic i still say that his the the flare steamboat matches are some of my favorite matches of all time as yeah it's ever. a shame that they weren't rated as highly as random young bucks matches on oh, well again i've said this before and i'll say it again i have the exact same credentials as dave Meltzer does Mm-hmm. the exact same i've been watching wrestling for one of my 42 i started watching at six so what 36 years i've been watching professional wrestling off and on so i there you go i have the same credentials he can he i can said to my it. friend recently i was like you know i am more i i i am more like i have more credentials to critique writing than dave Meltzer has to critique wrestling and dave Meltzer can't write <laughs> yeah I mean, well, there you go. I mean, you've got more credentials to critique wrestling than Dave Meltzer does. Well, I would, I never, I never say that. Well, I mean, who the heck am I, right? Like, I mean, you've actually held a job in the professional wrestling business. Yeah, I guess, but I I, something Meltzer's never done. You know, like here's my thing: I never want to take. Like, yes, I've been on the indies, but I, for a long time, I don't ever want to take away the. Like, I don't ever want to pass myself off as being on the level of somebody who's oh. made it to the dance. Yeah, yeah I got you. I got you. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't ever want to, like, make it seem like that because it's it's an entirely different world. Oh, no. It, it's, you know, playing Little League as compared to playing in the MLB. So I, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't trying to say that. I wasn't trying well, to I say know. that. I know. I just you're wanted to make sure like, nobody, nobody up here in these, the, <laughs> the high, the upper echelon of the professional wrestling. You know, I'll, I'll inflate, I'll inflate your, uh, uh, your resume as much as you want me to in your introduction, but that's <laughs> it. Um, no, uh, so almost in Lashley. Yeah. I think Lashley goes over. Um, I would I think, like to see that too. I think that's, yeah, I think that. he needs it. I love Bobby Lashley. I loved his title run. I love him with MVP. I just, Lashley's just from, from where he started when he first came back to the company and I couldn't stand him and he was boring and I just didn't to where he is now is just absolutely amazing. He is one of he's he's one of my favorite main event guys now because 
He just he looks the part. He looks the part. Yeah. He works the part. And with somebody like MVP to talk for him, I mean, oh, it's amazing. It's my, so my my roommate is a black belt in Brazil Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. and years ago, um, he actually got to work out with Bobby Lashley. Oh wow! Um, was this when Lashley said, was doing UFC? Yeah, when he was well, when he was just MMA training. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said it was just like like being like ragdolled like thrown around because he the man is just ungodly strong oh yeah well you heard the uh this i don't know if you've ever heard the story Cornette tells about lashley when lashley just straight up lifted him up (laughs) he was just he wasn't even like waiting for people to like help him up onto suplexes he was just lifting him up dead weight (laughs) and that's how you know that bobby lashley is actually a athlete and mm. not a just like a juice head yeah because like i remember standing in the in the gorilla position one time you know <clears throat> we were watching um we were watching one of like the big like muscly guys that was on the indies and he was like trying to slam somebody he was having a hard time with it mm-hmm. and <clears throat> my friend was like what the heck and then another one of the wrestlers he looked at us and he put on this fake voice and he goes ah the juice say make you very big not the very strong <laughs> <laughs> what is it those muscles are all show and no go mm-hmm. yeah so lashley actually like lashley brock like they are ungodly strong with the real deal oh yeah um so next match uh zelina and mella versus Liv and Rhea versus sasha and naomi versus natty and Shayna for the women's tag titles who cares <laughs> yeah did i hear you throw up in your mouth a little bit because i almost did a little bit through there yeah i don't <clears throat> I just, I, I, one, I hate multiple man matches to begin with. Multiple team matches are even worse. Multiple, There's, yeah, multiple team matches are just the epitome of, all right, well, maybe I'll go get a drink at this point. Like, mm-hmm. well, there's no way to make them make sense. And even if it's, and again, if it's a four way or a three way, have it at least be an elimination match so that whoever wins actually won something instead of just you know if they didn't pin the champion they pin somebody who pinned the champion do you you see what i'm saying so it 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 actually means something if you're in a match and i pin somebody who isn't the champion well how do i deserve the championship i didn't pin the champ he didn't lose you know so and this is just going to be a giant clusterfuck with everybody doing moves all over the place and half of the people um Let's see, over half of the people, Zelina, Mella, uh, Naomi, and Natty are um, work like they're in a, a dance routine, a slow motion dance routine at that most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's not going to be good. You're going to get, you're going to get pieces of brilliance when you got <clears throat> Shayna or Sasha or Rhea in the ring with each other. But for the rest of the time, it's just going to be a clusterfuck. So. If they're in the ring with each other, there's a lot of variables in that match. Yeah, well, there you. Well, everybody's going to get in the ring because you know they're going to do the thing where everybody hits each other with signature moves and rolls out of the ring, right? Yeah, they're probably going to do a dive spot. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a table or two because since it's a multiple team match, there's gonna, not going to be any rules, no disqualification. There's nothing I hate more than an indie dive spot. <clears throat> the spots where everybody just lines up and just dives on each other. Yep. So, um, yeah, there we go. I don't care who wins. Maybe yeah. it'll be Liv and Rhea, but I wish Rhea would get out of the tag division because she's 
she's got so much more fucking potential than that. Well, I mean, I would like to see a Rhea and Becky big pro- main event program. Yeah, I would too. Hell, I'd like I've to seen see. Enough, I've seen enough Rhea and Charlotte. Yeah. So I'd like to see Rhea and Becky go at it more. Rhea and Becky would be good. Rhea and Sasha fighting over the right to face Charlotte. You know, Bailey coming back and facing Rhea. <laughs> you know what? We my friend of mine and I were having this talk recently. We were kind of like, like, do you see any of like the top like female wrestlers in WWE ever going to AEW? Like, why would they? Right? No. No. Like, cause because the WWE women's division. Like that is the one thing they've got lock, stock, and barrel. Like that is a fantastic women's division. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know why they would. There's nobody in there to really. There's nobody that anybody would want to work with. Like usually, when somebody goes to another company, it's because oh well, I want to work with this guy. I want yeah, to work I mean, with the that only guy. one that I could see ever actually like crossing the portal to like go to AEW. I mm-hmm. could see Sasha doing it. Mm-hmm. I would see Charlotte doing it before Sasha because Charlotte because Andrade is no. over there, and you no, know Charlotte Charlotte's got a job with Vince for life. Yeah, that's true. No matter what, no matter what her father does. The, the thing is, when when you're like, look, AEW is a great opportunity, and it should be a great opportunity for guys who, who guys like Jay Lethal who aren't like WWE guys, like, or, or it should be a great opportunity for them. It should not be the dumping ground for guys that get tired of WWE or get released by WWE. Cause then it's just WWE light. It becomes what TNA became mm-hmm. where like TNA just kind of became like the TNA became the phantom zone. Yep. It was like the place where all of like the wrestling villains like were locked away so they couldn't cause trouble like Nash and Hogan and mm-hmm. Steiner. And like you had Sting there as like their jailer, like keeping them there. Yeah. Like, but you know, it's. I wish that they had really kept going on their focus of building up new guys. Mm-hmm. You know, MJF, the fact that that guy is not the main attraction of that show right now is like, there's no reason for it. MJF should be feuding for the championship. Yeah. He should be feuding MJ, for the MJ top, to top champion. champion. I don't know if he should be top champion. I think it's easier to have him feud him, have him build for it than put him on top. But maybe so, if, but then again, if you put him on top, you could throw every baby face in the company at him and get a good program out of it. So, well, but here's here's the thing though. Instead of booking MJF against like like strong homegrown baby faces, you've got these former WWE guys who come in there and they see the they see what he's got and they're like oh i can glom off of this mm-hmm. and and that's how you get that feud with him in jericho that's how you and and you know they all end up beating him yep you know jericho beat him punk beat him like you know it's and at the end of the day the, the guy's just gotten beat by a bunch of old like he hasn't gotten that big put over because jericho went over in their final match right yes did he i don't want to be wrong about i don't that. i mean no i think MJF might have gone over. MJF went over in one of their matches, but that one feud was them. done like in reverse. Yeah. Well, that yeah that that I I don't remember that feud. That's how bad it was. Like I literally remember. I remember that MJF made Jericho jump through a bunch of stupid hoops. Uh, Jericho had to one wrestle the pizza was, cutter guy. Of, and yeah, one uh, of which was Nick Gage. 
he had to wrestle like one of his old Ooh. opponents from 30 Ooh, years ago Barrera. yeah and they had yeah. like the worst match ever oh god that match was sad you know i gotta give chris credit though because he really worked himself back in his shape yeah yeah like I really appreciate that dedication. If, if it was dedication and not liposuction, like Brian last thinks it was. I don't know if it was liposuction or I think if Chris Jericho had just put down the bottle for about three months, he would have gotten yeah. in, <laughs> in better shape. Cause a lot of empty calories. In yep. So, um, <clears throat> moving on, uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in a anything goes match. This is basically just Johnny Knoxville is going to take a lot of really stiff shots. Like I think I think Generico is going to chop him a lot. Uh-huh. I I think there's going to be a lot of chops. There's going to be a lot of stiff shots. He's going to take a big bump. He's going to get hit with stuff, and then he's going to go over. Yeah, I can see that. I'm, Johnny Knoxville does his stunt man routine, ends up beating Sami Zayn, probably with the help from some of the other Jackass crew. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I could see Wee Man coming out and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, this is... Yeah. This is going to be as much of a show as it is a match. This is just going to be, you know... Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, this is is not going to be, you know... It's not going to be Savage and Steamboat, but it's also not even going to be LT and Bam Bam. No, this is this is King Kong Bundy versus um, uh, Hillbilly Jim with the uh, with the little people. Yep, that's exactly what this is. Um, But that's fine. It is what it is. Sammy's the perfect guy to do it. You know, he's going to be safe with Johnny. He's not going to do anything too stupid with him. Of course. You know, you're also going to have to probably he's I mean, I imagine this is probably the first celebrity guest they've had that they're like, no, we're not going to let you do that. Yeah. You know, like, no, we're not going to put you through three tables at one time. I don't care. You know, they might let him do it because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like he's got a big movie role to prepare for. Oh, well, that's true. I mean, they put May Young through a, through two tables. It was a crash pad underneath of it, but. So, I just yeah, recently I saw that. I just recently saw that whole bit. My wife got me the Raw 25 25th anniversary edition DVD set. Oh, that was on there. And well, see the the first disc is just the the 25th anniversary show, and then okay. the other two discs are the top Raw's top 25 moments, but it's the whole segment. So, like, I got to see the whole Rock, This Is Your Life, uh, Vince McMahon's whole speech about buying WCW. Oh, so, the, so it's it it was it was really really cool. Like, uh, you know what the, ra- the what the what the rating was for Rock, This Is Your Life? I don't remember. Eight point Really? Eight million people watched that. I believe it. I believe it. It was it that just shows you how many people used to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in like when I was in middle school and like high school, like that's what you did was you watched WWF. Oh yeah. When I was in uh uh when I was in high school especially, it was it was it was huge. So this would have been ninety four to ninety eight. And it mm-hmm. was the Austin three sixteen shirts everywhere because i was also i was in the uh, middle of bumfuck nowhere virginia you know out near the west virginia line shirts and it was nwo shirts everywhere Mm -hmm. nwo austin 316 mankind um 
There were. Yeah. I, I remember I was in eighth grade when the Undertaker crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Undertaker symbol, mm-hmm. and it was all any of us could talk about that Tuesday morning. Yep, I believe. Waiting it. for it going into the school building. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I believe it. I, when I was when I was small, uh, when I was in like elementary school, I started watching like '86. So, and we had just moved to. Uh, South Carolina. So I was getting uh, Jim Crockett promotions and the TBS show every oh, nice. week. So that's what we would be talking about is, you know, oh, what's Flair going to do? What about Dusty? Dusty broke his leg. Did you see that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, every, 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 every week at school, like that's what it was. Mondays was, oh, did you see what happened on, on, uh, w, on the world championship wrestling, you know, on the NWA yeah. show? So Dusty Rhodes is my favorite wrestler of all time so just like even hearing the kids talking about dusty like it just makes me happy i got in so i went to a a, a christian school i went to a private school because uh the the public schools in south carolina aren't very good which i don't think i'm talking out of church there but um so my parents were like You're, we're gonna send you to a, a private school a christian school i this is this is when kayfabe broke for me Mm-hmm. I was, this was right after the Road Warriors, Dusty, uh, uh, eye stabbing thing. You remember that in 89 yeah. when the Road Warriors took the spike off and tried to dig spike Dusty's eye out? Yeah. I, of course, the Christian school, we have a prayer list every, every day or every week. And I wanted to put Dusty Rhodes on the prayer list <laughs> to have him prayed for. Cause I was in third grade. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and like everybody laughed at me. They were like, that's not real. And I'm like, what? He, they were digging his eye out with the, with the spike. What do you mean? It's not real. You know, <laughs> my, my dad used, my dad used to like drag us to like Catholic church on Sunday. Sometimes he didn't like it any more than I did, but well, that's part of like, being Catholic, like, isn't it? You're not supposed yeah, to like he, it. Yeah. He, he thought it was what you had to do. Yeah. So at one point, like when the priest keeps doing the, the things like, and we, we, we pray to this Lord, hear our prayer. We pray to that Lord, hear our prayer. And then it's like, and for, for the, for the wants and needs that we hold in our hearts. And you're supposed to like silently reflect on what you're praying for. I would be like, Please make Hollywood Hulk Hogan lose the WCW World <laughs> There you go. I was, you know, a kid. Oh. So. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's how it is when you're a kid. You know, you like I I loved it. I still I that's why I still watch wrestling today. Is is I still I still love it. I love it when I can get so involved in it that I'm actually hating people that are the heels and cheering for the people that are the baby faces that they can get, that they can still get that reaction out of me You're right. all this time later. So, so D- Dave Swan, who owns UWA elite, um, my boss, my best friend, he, um, he, his dad was the coolest guy. We called mm-hmm. him punch. And uh, punch was like the, like he was just this red, white, and blue, you know, military veteran, and, and like, you know, he, he was just like such a cool guy. He hated Sergeant Slaughter. Hated. <laughs> yeah. Like, like to the day he passed away, he yeah. tragically passed away. He hated Sergeant Slaughter. Like, because remember when Slaughter turned heel and, and joined with uh, yeah. Iraq? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, and with then like, after the Iron Sheik and the, came, yeah. 
Yeah, and then after WrestleMania 7, he came out and he let everybody in the Pledge of Allegiance and said he was sorry and everybody forgave him. Everybody but Punch Swan forgave him. <laughs> and oh. I remember I realized it one day when I was over Swan's house. You know, we were like maybe in our early 20s at this point. And we said something like we were, we were all going to be on a show that Lawler was on. Mm-hmm. And, and Punch goes something like, oh, I hate that guy. And I'm like, why? Like, like, because I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, nobody thinks it's real. And, you know, he's like, he's got bad taste in wrestlers. Oh, God. and I was like, oh, my. And I remember I looked at Swan and I went, I went, yeah. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Lawler wrestle uh, just like three months ago. It's amazing to me that he's still going. I God bless him. He did. I mean, he did all he didn't come. He didn't do the elbow off the second rope, but that was pretty much it. He did all of his other shit. Um, yeah. you know, he was wrestling George South, which, you know, if you watched NWA back in the day, you know, George South was a jobber at the time, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was mostly promo. George South came out and, and did his like, you know, right wing, uh, you know, uber conservative, uh, you know, heel spiel. And then Lawler came out and like yelled at him and then they fought and I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. Lawler still has one of the best punches I've ever seen. That that man looks like he is just hitting the guy right in the face and just not touching him at all. It's amazing. So, but yeah, that was that was a good show. Actually, I got to see a lot of people. I got to see Steiner wrestle. Got to see Matt Hardy wrestle a really good match. Um, uh, Scott or Rick? Oh, uh, a Scott. Scott okay. came out. Yeah, he did a uh, he did a little like eight minute match with a guy where the guy threw him around a little bit on the outside. Then they got in, did all Steiner's. Most of they didn't do the uh, Frankensteiner, but of course he just had a heart procedure. So well, he put him in the Steiner recliner and then it's left. Not Steiner hasn't done the, the the Frankensteiner in a very long time. Yeah. Was the, so, how was what kind of shape was he in? Was he still like in big pop pom shape? Uh, he was slimmed down a little bit, probably because of the uh, um, because of the surgery. He probably can't work out like he used to, but he was in good shape. I mean, he looked like Scott Steiner. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, his biceps are still huge. They're you know bigger than my probably bigger than my thighs. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, it was a good. That, the high the headliner was FTR versus the Rock and Roll Express, which was. Just fantastic match. That must have been really cool. It was. I paid extra, so I got to do the meet and greet with FTR beforehand. And then... Nice. But I didn't bring any cash with me, and the place uh, didn't have Wi-Fi, so there was no... So I couldn't, like... Because I was like, oh, everybody's got those little square things. I'll just be able to use my card for all this. So I didn't get to get any more autographs or pictures or anything. Cause everybody was there doing, it was like a fan fest and wrestling show, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but it was, I was, I was sad because I wanted to get a picture with Scott because that's my wife's favorite wrestler of all time. And <laughs> okay. when she liked him, she, she loved Scott <clears throat> since he was in the Steiners. Like she, she actually stopped watching wrestling cause she was so pissed off when they left and went to Japan. <laughs> And uh, it's the story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. <laughs> Love that theme music. So uh, then, and I wanted to get Lawler because he was selling autographed uh, Jerry the King Lawler pop vinyls, and I was like, "Shit, that would be awesome to have one of those." Yeah. But I didn't get either. 
So, but that's cool because you know I got drunk and and had fun and. <laughs> At Comic Con, sometimes Lawler actually like sits there and draws stuff. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's an His amazing art artist, is unbelievable, and it's amazing how fast he does it too. Because I've seen like yes, yeah. So, yeah. All right, what match are we on? What match are we on? We are coming up on the big raw tag team title match. RK Bro versus American or versus Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. RK Bro wins this one, I think. They're 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 over right now. I don't like Matt Riddle, but you know I like Randy Orton, so I think the Prophets win. I want Alpha Academy to win because I love Chad Gable so much. And I want him oh, to see, have tons of success. Yeah, I mean, well, Otis is the perfect... Otis is the perfect tag team guy, especially in WWE. Because he, he he doesn't have to do a lot, but he's, he's there to be the big guy for the little guy. Yeah, he, you, know, you know, I guess, I guess like, you know, when they, when they gave him the money in the bank a few years ago, it was just kind of like they, they thought they had something and they decided against it. But I think they're doing good stuff with him now. I do, too. I, I mean, I like him and Gable as a tag team. I think it's a believable tag team. They both have uh, amateur pedigree. Gable is an absolute beast. Like, I think I still am pissed off that he wasn't the one that they picked to be Kurt Angle's son because, goddamn, he looks like Kurt Angle now. <laughs> like, the older he yeah. gets, the more he looks like Kurt Angle. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, RK Bro, one of them turns on the other and finally start finally starts this feud. And I think everybody's happen. expecting, I think everybody expects Randy to be the one to eventually turn on, on Riddle but I wouldn't be shocked to see them swerve it and have Riddle be the one to turn heel. Uh, It's got to happen eventually. I'd almost, I'd almost have it where they both turn heel as a tag team to Eh. keep the belts. And then he, uh, Riddle wants to turn back baby face, but I mean, either way. That would be interesting. Like Randy heals out for them to win and Riddle's like, what the heck are you doing? And Randy's like, go with it. He does. Hmm. I could see that being cool. Yep. So, and then Riddle know. finally Riddle's like, "I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. We're we're this isn't what I'm all about." And Randy's Randy gives him an RKO, and then Riddle or like, or Riddle becomes the Uber heel, yeah, and goes too far, and Randy's the one like, "Whoa, calm down." Like, <laughs> Riddle starts beating the shit out of people with chairs. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. no reason. You know. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I think Street Profits win. They've been pushing Street Profits for a while. They're the ones who have the real grudge with uh, RK Bro. So honestly, anybody could win this match, and I'd be okay with it. I mean, again, it's a multi-tag match, multi yeah. multi-team tag match. It's not going to be a great match by any stretch of the imagination. But and I don't like the Street Profits. By the way, I can't stand. Is it Montez Ford? That's the skinny one, right? I don't know. Anyway, he does the same thing Ricochet does. He'll get beat up for half the match, and then he's on the apron for 30 seconds, and suddenly he's coming back in and doing, you know, dives off the top rope or running oh, around. The, you, like, didn't, you didn't know the, the the apron, on top of being the hardest part of the ring, is also uh, like a healing chamber. Oh, okay. So, so like, they've got, like, med kits out there and stuff. That it's like, like the back to tank that Boba Fett <laughs> like. You relive your entire career up to that point in the match, and you're all healed. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, we got Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. I mean, Pat McAfee wins this match, and I think it's going to be really entertaining. See, I've got Austin Theory winning it. Really? I think I McAfee definitely wins I don't think. I don't think McAfee winning it does anything for anyone. McAfee's not going to be wrestling again for a while, most likely. If Theory wins, it gives him a big win at WrestleMania, gets him an extra push up to up because they've been pushing him anyway. So right. Theory wins, he comes out of it strong. McAfee doesn't lose anything if he wins because he's a part-time, he's an announcer anyway, you know? So I think McAfee puts in a good showing, but Theory gets him in the end. Yeah, I get you. Sorry. <clears throat> that second glass of wine starting to kick in. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Next, we have uh, Edge versus AJ Styles. I think Edge is doing some of the best work of his career right now, and AJ is always doing the best work of his career at any given time. So I think this is this, this is match of the night for sure from night mm. two. Um, God, I, I have a hard time picking a winner in this one. I think AJ, just because they're doing like the, it's the old AJ Styles back again. And like I, that's, I think, how you tell that story to completion. Unless they're going to keep going with it. I Yeah, see, I... Um, yeah, I think Edge wins because mm, Edge has just started to get this, you know, this new character, this new persona or whatever going. I think if you beat him now, he loses all of that oomph. Yeah, it also depends on how you beat him. So, yeah, yeah, that's I, well, that's true. But usually an L, usually a babyface isn't going to win via fuckery. You know what right. I mean? So unless AJ just rolls him up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm then I think Edge goes over. I think they continue this too, because there's nobody because Edge, every one of his um feuds has been at least like three months since he's been back. So he you know what I mean? Because he'll work a program with a guy where he does one match and then the promos for a while and then another match and then promos for a while. So I I have a feeling they're doing the same thing with him and AJ here. Yeah, I could see it. So, All right, main event time. Main event, last one: Lesnar versus Reigns, WWE Universal Universal Unification match. So, with this going forward to have only one champion, which I like, I think it's a good thing. I think you can only have one champion. Um, I give this to Roman. Mm-hmm. I give it to Roman because they're really going. With this, like, how many days has he been champion? I think it keeps going, and I think, I think you keep it going to next WrestleMania. Ooh, you keep the title, you keep the belt on Roman all the way through to next re- to next Mania. Let, let me let me book my 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 fantasy here, okay? okay. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Roman, fantasy booking with Kevin. Yes, armchair booking. <laughs> Roman defeats. Brock Lesnar okay Mm -hmm. Brock goes away for a little bit Roman is now the sole champion he's on both shows you have an entire year of him just decimating all comers Paul Heyman just touting him touting him touting him now the biggest acquisition in the history of WWE is about to debut the Rock's daughter the first fourth generation superstar in WWE history is going to be making her debut on NXT, but they bring her on a Monday night raw to, you know, to like, you know, hyper introduce her, yeah. introduce her to the world. Yeah. Well, now Roman comes out. Acknowledge you're me. part of, you're part of the family. Uh-huh. So you need to show respect to your tribal chief. 
And originally I had in this, because Nia Jax was still there when I thought of it, I was like, the Nia Jax lays her out. But, you know, obviously that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, They get in The Rock's daughter's face, and The Rock is back for WrestleMania next year to fight Roman Reigns. That's the match. The match is Rock and Roman. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, if they're gonna do if they're gonna do Rock and Roman, it's got to be next year because Roman's gonna have to turn babyface pretty soon after that. You can't keep him this type of heel for much longer because people are already starting to cheer him. And you know, when they were trying to get him over as super babyface and everybody was booing him, this is what I said: was I said turn him heel and everyone will love him. Yep. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good match. It's going to be very physical, but I don't see, I don't really see the unless Brock is going to be doing a lot more dates. I don't see the need to put the belt on Brock, the yeah. the sole belt, the one and only belt. No, I think this is almost a passing passing of the torch in a sense where Lesnar's like, okay, I'm going to bow out, and you're like the 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 guy now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Roman Reigns is doing the best work of his career and he's the best thing in wrestling right now. Oh, by leaps and bounds. There's there's I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a promo, a match, anything involving Roman in uh, uh, well, ever since he's came back that wasn't in some way good or I didn't enjoy or I could like poke a ton of holes in. For, he's cooking the gas, know. man. Yeah, he really he is. is. Like, he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. It's you know, oh, yeah. it's his world right now. And I think that with the way they're like, <clears throat> they keep hyping up like how he's reaching like, oh, well, you know, uh, Pedro Morales. And I think he beats Pedro Morales at least. Yeah, I think he does. Nobody will ever beat Bruno, but I don't think. Well, no did. one's ever beaten Bruno. Nobody's ever beaten Backlund. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I don't, and I don't know how much more he has to go for Hogan, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they let him beat Hogan's record just because Hogan's persona non grata in a, in a sense. Well, I mean, they, they keep wheeling him out, but like the crowds no longer give him that nostalgia pop. Oh, yeah. We saw at the Pirate WrestleMania when he got booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think they keep the belt on Reigns. Keep the belt on him as long as you possibly can because he's the one putting asses in seats right now. He's yep. the one people are coming to shows to see. If you announce that Roman Reigns is going to be at a show, you're going to sell more tickets than if you just announce the show. Right. Yep, and that's WrestleMania. That's our WrestleMania predictions <laughs> for night one and night two. Now, don't forget, uh, next week we'll have uh, the WrestleMania review show, the best and worst of WrestleMania weekend, which we will then go into the NXT um the nxt stand and deliver along with this to choose out what our best and our worst will be um you got anything to uh to plug kevin uh sure um so my books are available on amazon.com um so i i have a fantasy series called the ross and annie series it's magic and dragons and all that fun stuff is it's it, a completed four it's book. high fantasy um, yeah, kind of, but it's, it's very understandable. Okay. Like it's, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't go all Tolkien, even though I love Tolkien. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, it's imagine like, um, like Game of Thrones meets a Marvel movie. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Um, so that's all written under my actual name, Kevin J. Kessler. Uh, if you look on amazon.com, 
Uh, those are available in paperback, um, ebook, and audiobook. So if you have audible.com, you can get any of my books. Uh, I also have two other books out right now that are written under a pen name of Vincent Valentine, V A L E N T E A N. Um, and that is The Haunting of Jonas Estate, which is a haunted house mystery, hmm. and another book called Fading Light, which is a post apocalyptic survival. Um, UWA Elite is going to be coming back on April 23rd for Dangerous Uprisings, which is always the most chaotic, um, you know, show of the year. So um, I'm not going to be on. You got to say it right. Dangerous Uprisings. Yeah, (laughs) just like that. I'm not going to say it. If you're you're in the New Jersey area, um, you know, over at the South River VFW, um, in South River, New Jersey, on April 23rd, 6.30 p.m., UWA Elite Dangerous Uprising. Yeah, see, there and you go. Yeah, You can go to uwaelite.com uh, for more on that. We also have the UWA Elite uh, streaming network for $6.99 a month. All of the UWA Elite content is there. And my name in UWA Elite is the Dark Angel Vincent Valentine. There you go. Um, of course, if you're listening right now, you know uh, that this has been Back to the Ring. You can uh, find us at uh, Back to the Ring on Twitter. Uh, Also, be on the lookout for the uh, UWF, which is my CPU-driven eFed. This uh, we we have a show every Saturday at 9, 8 central time on Twitch, which is the same channel I plug all the time on the Twitter account, if you go follow me on Twitter, you can find us anywhere you're finding great podcasts as you're listening to us right now. Please hit like and subscribe. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Next week, we will have the WrestleMania review show with the return of the Mac. D-Rod, the original co-host of Back to the Ring, is coming back for one final can of whoop-ass as we rake everything that happened in wrestlemania weekend over the coals and uh see what the drudge is and see what comes out on top i think that's about it for this week you ready to go kevin yeah about ready to go thanks so much this was a lot of fun oh yeah no problem uh i hope to have you we hope to have you back at back again and anytime and in the words of the great tully blanchard it's been your pleasure good night